Today's episode of the Nick Bot Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, when it's time to get some new windows or new door, you got to go with Pella. Why? Well, first of all, because they can provide window and door solutions to literally any home and because the people are fantastic. And you know what else is fantastic? Knowing that you're going to be working with Pella and only Pella the entire time. Do you realize? I, I was blown away when I, when I found this out. When you work with some other window companies, all of a sudden questions pop up like, well, who's going to install it? Who, who's going to pre-finish it? And before you know it, you're working with like four or five different people. Oh, my God. You want the convenience and simplicity of working with one company, not three or four. That's Pella. Check them out on the web, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. You know, in, in basketball, it's all about killer combos, pick and roll, give and go, Anthony Davis and LeBron. Uh, combos make life better, right? And Runza makes it all better, including the classic combo. It's back, people. Chili and cinnamon rolls. The best sweet and spicy combo to hit the Midwest since Greg and Doug McDermott. Here's what you do. You're going to alley-oop that cinnamon roll from your left hand to your right hand. You're going to dunk it in the homemade chili. And there's nowhere that does it like Runza. So get there today and get your chili and cinnamon roll game right. And tell them your friend Nick Baugh sent you. All right. We are uh, going to take a little pivot away from hoops or from football uh, for, for this pod and go to hoops. Doug McDermott uh, decided, I was like, you know what? Dougie's been out the bubble uh, for about a month or so. Wanted to catch up with Doug, pick his brain on what he's seen from the NBA playoffs, what he's seen from the finals, what it was like in the bubble, and just what his season was like. Uh, playing for uh, the the Pacers. He had a, a really good year. Averaged 10 points per game off the bench. Shot 43% from three. Really settled into his role this year. Uh, and we touch on a variety of things uh, uh, with, with Doug and kind of his approach and what life's like for him now is, gosh, I think he's finished his seventh year in the league. Um, uh, he's now like a, a, a veteran. He's kind of been a journeyman, man. He's been with the Thunder and the Bulls and the Knicks and the Mavericks and uh, he's been all over the map, and he's starting to kind of settle in. So just kind of picking his brain on on you know his you know what his mind his state of mind is like at this stage in his career. Uh, and and we talk a little uh, a little bit about Fred Hoiberg. Talk a little about this year's Creighton team. We we just touch on a bunch of stuff. This was a really really good fun conversation with a guy that I've known and been buddies with now for a little over a decade. So let's get to it. Here's my podcast chat with former Blue Jay, current member of the Indiana Pacers, Doug McDermott. So we okay. So we both got our workouts in for the day. Something tells me yours was a little bit harder than than mine. Uh, I'm at I'm at that stage in my life, Doug, where it's just like I'm not. I'm just trying to get a sweat and not get like ridiculously fat. That's where I'm at. It's just the yours on the dad bod phase. Dad bod sweating out all that wine. You know, I've been tuning into the wine pods. I mean, you got to be able to sweat that out at some point. You know, what is it about? (laughs) See what's what's. Drinking wine, I feel like I'm like, oh, this is just way healthier than beer. But it's like, it's really not. Like calories, it's there, like one yeah. one beer, one glass of wine. It's all about the same, but it just doesn't feel as heavy. It's it's a mental right. thing for me. Yeah, it's a lot of sugar, yeah. you know, but it just it feels light. Like I had a bunch last night, and I'm like, oh, I feel, I feel great. This is like good. beer. And then you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm feeling snuck, it snuck, on, snuck up on me a little bit. Happens, but uh, I still enjoy it way more than drinking beer these days for some reason. There you go. It means okay. I'm growing up a little. That's, that's exactly right. Where I'm at the point where like nothing's more exciting than a bottle of wine well then at some point when uh when you're back in town and the pandemic has slowed down and all that stuff l- let's do a nick bod doug mcdermott wine pod how about that 100 percent, 100 percent. i was listening to one with you and your boy uh barrett is it barrett right it's bo barrett it's bo yeah bo bo. Rude. yeah sorry sorry his brother. No, you're good um 
but uh, I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to sneak over to Nick's house and have a bottle of wine. But then I found out you live in freaking Lincoln. So I I'm know. Like, I can't do that. I know. I know. Well, here, I mean, we can. Uh, we I, I can certainly hop in the car and come to you. How about that? No. We yep. Can, we that can sounds like a plan. Do. That's what we'll have to do. You know, I. One of my, I was thinking about as a, you know, because you were working out to this morning, I got my workout in and I was thinking about that. Like one of my big regrets is, do you remember we never played together in that Metro Omaha Summer League? We were always on the same team because Jason right. Isaacson always hooked me up. He's like, I get, I'll give you, you know, like he basically was like, you get first pick. I'm like, I'll take Doug. And, he, <laughs> and you always, whether it was with Team USA stuff or one year, I think you just were like, I don't know if your back or your knee was bothering yeah. you, but like we never got to play together. I know, and that would have been the ultimate team. We would have had the, you know, we got just the guys that know how to play out yes. there. And, you know, I think that first summer, you're right, I was at the U19 deal. And then the second summer, I think I had something wrong with my back, and I just don't want to like overdo it. Totally. But, God, we would have been we would have been running the show there at OSA, oh, that's for sure. I just would have. Uh, I, I would have been, I'd have been padding my assist stats to you. Yeah. It, just, it would have been, it would have been incredible. We have, we'd have Wilkinson, all those guys, just the, the squad. You know, That's, going at Gibbs and Rocky and then we'd, killing those we'd guys. be running. Just we'd be running that destroying show. all those guys. Yeah. Because we all, you know, obviously I've I've played against you, but I don't think I've ever actually played with you. And that's I, it's one of my great The only time I think I've been on the floor with you, Nick, is when you're scout team. When you're yeah. scout team, when you're the radio, traveling radio, and you yes. were freaking Xavier Thames or Jimmer or whoever. <laughs> You know, I switched on to you, but we never got a chance to play together. That's gonna be our. That's gonna be our one regret in life. So it's, we better. It's what, it's what I'm thinking we, about. I better. Now, you better get that bat, dad bod right, and we'll start playing some pickup. I don't know. I'm so washed up now. I mean, we, we'd have to. It'd have to be like two on two, half court, with a with like a five minute break after like every two possessions. Like that's if if that's what the rules are, I'm, I'm in, man. I can do it. I can, I, I can do that. I'm so washed. up Hundred percent. Yeah. I. So okay, I got a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about. Uh, so I, I looked at your, you're about a month and a half removed from leaving the bubble. Have you, like, are you one of those guys? I, I You're a hoops head. So like, have you continued to watch these playoff games and now these finals games or some of these guys, like when they, their season ends, they just kind of check out from hoops after the season's done. Have you been watching? Yeah, I've been watching a lot. Um, you know, I've, I've just been really curious, you know, because obviously when we lost to the heat and got swept, you know, we didn't know how good these guys really were. You know, we thought we just didn't play well. We were missing Sabonis, our all-star. We just didn't have any rhythm. So we, we thought, you know, it, it was a lot of, you know, us. We had to look ourselves in the mirror. Right. But now you see them in the freaking in the finals, and they handle Milwaukee. Um, so it it's very surprising to me, but also not because I know how good of a coach Spolstra is and, you know, how – how much those guys buy into that culture um, in Miami. And, you know, I think it's showing all their, all the work they've put in. I think they really, over the pandemic, they obviously didn't take any time off. They just didn't miss a beat. So it's been very impressive watching those guys. So you, you were, uh, you played with Jimmy Butler and you were, I think you guys were decent friends. I think you guys at one point went on vacation together or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, did you, I tell you what, and we'll get more into the finals here in a second, but like his, his game three the other night where he had like 40 and he was efficient, that's as, that was as good of a finals performance as you'll see. Like, what did you – did you think he was this good? Like, he's he's vaulted to another level to me over the last month, like where I don't know if I'd have put him in like my top 10 right. players in the league, but like I almost feel like he's got to be in the conversation now. Absolutely. I mean, the thing about Jimmy is he's always been a guy that prides himself you know he's getting better every single year you know he's he's the hardest worker i've ever been around um and you know he was an all-star when i was in chicago with him 
And I remember that next summer, like I thought maybe this guy would be, you know, was his first all-star year, just got his big contract. Maybe he'll lay off the brakes right. a little. And he just went the complete opposite route. You know, he was up at 6 a.m., 5.30 a.m. every day. I was in San Diego with him. And I remember him coming to my room at like 4.45 a.m., like yelling at me to get up and go to the gym with him. So wow. this is no surprise to me because um, he's such a hard worker. And I think you've probably read some articles. You know, he's not for everybody. No, you know, he is. Yeah. It, it hasn't worked out at certain spots. And it's because how competitive it is, how, how much he holds people accountable around him. You know, I had some uncomfortable days around him. Just, you know, he's going to call you out. He's going to say it how he's how how he sees it right and i think miami's perfect for him and that's that's why you're seeing everyone there buy into his leadership style yeah i I just think you know when you kind of have that question of like what do you want out of a player i think one of the things i think everyone wants or what you want out of a teammate is like someone that's going to fight someone that's going to compete he's never going to back down he's not scared and it's not fake you know, like we've right. all been around those guys that like are fake tough, fake competitive, all that stuff, or they're front running competitive. Like mm-hmm. the one thing you get with Jimmy is like Jimmy's Jimmy's gonna bring it every every game. And I've I've just every loved day. watching yep. it. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it comes from his background. You know, I think the way he he grew up, um, you know, people kind of left him out of the picture and you know, he went to JUCO, wasn't recruited, he went to Tyler Junior College. Didn't have a ton of offers out of Juco. Went to Marquette. Wasn't the best player on his team at Marquette. I think DJO and yep. Jay Crowder. And um, I think there was a – who was that guard? Uh, uh, I forgot his name. Yeah, I know um, But about. he was – he had a really good point guard on his team. And, you know, he was overlooked his whole career. And I think the Bulls took a chance on him late in the first round. And still, his rookie year under Tibbs didn't play a minute. Um, you know, and then just keeps working. He started off being a lockdown defender. And then after that, when he had a chance to get on the floor and play 30 minutes a game, he just took a, he took off. You know, he worked his tail off on the offense end, and you're seeing it now. It's just his ability to get to to get to the free throw line. He's so good at drawing fouls, and it's it's in a different way than you know James Harden and some of those guys do it. He's just so good with his body control around the rim, and um, it's it's impressive, man. I'm really happy for Jimmy. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have kind of left him out of the picture in terms of, you know, top 10, top 20, whatever players. And I think he's, he's finally getting some of the respect, um, that he deserves. He certainly earned my respect this year. Not that I didn't think he was a good player, but I just feel like I I look at him in a different light, uh, after watching these the past month or so. What, by the way, what did, uh, what did the games feel like in the bubble with no fans? Like, I I don't, I don't like when people talk about like how this title has got to have an asterisk by it. Like, I don't know. I mean, this title's totally legitimate to me. Everyone's having to, everyone's there, everyone's playing, but there's no doubt. Like, you know, how it is Doug, like having to play on the road in front of 15, 20,000 fans in the playoffs mm-hmm. is different than when you're in the bubble and you're walking yeah. to the gym or whatever. But like, what are, what did the games feel like? Yeah. You know, I think that's a good point. You know, I think obviously people are talking asterisk, but if you think, I mean, we're all dealing with the same thing, yes. you know, it's, everyone's got the level same playing field. So, I, I don't think it should be an asterisk at all. Whoever wins the series deserves a title, and I don't think we should look at it any differently. Um, but to your question, um, it was weird, man. Yeah. It was it was very strange. You know, you if it feels like an open gym game. Okay. Um, and when you're watching it on TV, it feels like it's a little more better atmosphere out there. They got the the crowd wow. noise pumping in. Um, but when you're on the floor, it's it's so weird because in timeouts, it's just dead quiet. You can hear you know, everyone kind of talking, you can hear the other bench, you know, yelling when you're shooting and like, 
it, it just felt like an open gym game. Right. Um, and it was kind of funny. There's a few times where like you're at the free throw line and there was like a <laughs> malfunction in the crowd noise. So like, I like was taking a dribble from my free throw line and it just erupted like, ah, like just crowd screaming and stuff. And you could tell they just messed that up. Right. Like um, it, it came out, it came out weird times, but overall they did what they could with, with the families on the, you know, on the yep. boards, the, the fake, um, whatever the fake Fame, noise. And yeah, then the yes. people that can zoom in right. for the Michelob ultra courtside stuff. Um, but I mean, they did as good as they could. And I think they did a really good job with the presentation, but, um, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was, it was pretty weird out there playing. It had to have been, I mean, it just, mm-hmm. there's no way. I mean, I kind of always, in my mind, I was like, I wonder if this is like, you know, those closed scrimmages you would play like before the season would start in college. Mm-hmm. Like if they kind of felt almost like that, like the intensity the, was yeah. there, but it was different yeah. kind of intensity or I didn't, I wasn't yeah, that's, sure that's exactly, that's a great way to put it. Those, those open scrimmages where yes. you're kind of in the arena, um, you know, wearing your real jerseys, <laughs> yeah. but it just, something feels off about it. Yes. That's, that's kind of how it felt, but what can you do, man? Yep. You know, we're in a pandemic right. and right. the NBA did an unbelievable job with the facilities. Cause yeah. I played in those same facilities for AAU when I was in high school and it felt like a completely different place. They had it super nice with the screens, the lighting, the court, it felt like you were in a you know a completely different place. I didn't feel like I was at the Disney World deal. So they did they did a really good job. Well, listen, I mean the the, the finals are likely going to be wrapping up here in a, in the next day or so, or maybe you know mm-hmm. who knows if Miami makes this interesting. But like I, the I don't know how I mean you look at it from just a I mean there's been no COVID positive tests. Like this has been a roaring success in that regard. I mean to be able to put on you know two three months of basketball in the middle of a pandemic and have it go off without a hiccup like. I don't know, man. I, I think you got to tip your cap to Adam Silver for that, in my opinion. You really do. You yeah. really do. And and being down there, you see why it's been so good. I mean, when you wake up in the morning, uh, you had an app on your phone where you had to take your temperature, it'd go straight to the app. You had to take take your oxygen levels before you even left your room. And then once you left your room, you had a little checkpoint area where there'd be like a lady sitting there. You had a band on. And that would ensure that you did your testing in the morning. Right. And then you go straight to the COVID test every day. And every worker there is wearing the shield with the mask and gloves. So it's like it's hard for it to spread there because everyone's getting tested. All the workers that are leaving to go home, they're still getting tested and they're wearing this on all this shields and everything so um what they did was incredible they'll i remember walking out of my room one day like i just just left my room like kind of out of it in the morning and i forgot to put my mask on and right away there's someone at the end of the hall like put your mask on sir Wow. and i'm like oh (laughs) i i've still had some bubble withdrawals honestly when i'm out you know sure now that i'm out of the bubble i'm like super precaut like if i see someone not wiping their hands or putting a mask on i'm like over the top because I was so used to it for whatever, 45, 50 days. And, um, I'm kind of still just in that, in that mood. So, um, but I guess it's not the worst thing in the world to still be, sure. um, on top of it. With all that said though, I mean, it, cause you, in the middle of the playoffs, Paul George kind of talked about how he was struggling a bit mentally, like for as safe as it probably felt, listen, it's hard. I've been in a hotel for like a week and by the end of it you're like going cuckoo you know I mean mm-hmm. like and and there are harder things in life than being stuck in Disney World I think we, everyone understands that but nevertheless like being in a hotel room for you know you said what 45 50 days I mean these guys are Miami and LA are still there do you think right. like there's something to like the mental aspect of this I, I don't I, I'm the part of me that sort of amazes me with Denver Doug that they were like 
their bags had to have been packed and they came right. back from three one twice. Like that is impressive to me. Super impressive. I was like, I mean, you you I I counted them them out each time. Yep. Like everyone, probably the whole world did. And there they are. And I think that starts with Jamal Murray. He just had oh, some God. energy, some swag down there. He just he he came out of his shell and he was unbelievable. But I think the mental side of it is real. I mean, I felt it to be honest, you know, because as a shooter, I'm in a little bit of a slump and then you can't really get away. Like I wanted to, you know, go on a walk somewhere and get out of the bubble, but then you have to go straight to your room and you just, have, you're, you're isolated. Right. So you don't have a place to really escape. So that was a tough part for me. Cause you're just in a room, same room every night. And, um, I know this, you know, you can go golfing, but you can go on a walk, you can go somewhere, but you're going to be around the same people. So you don't really feel like you can ever really escape from it no so doubt. that that was the the tough part and i think a lot of players dealt with that just not being able to see their family their friends um i know i'm kind of talking about this like it's prison it's really not no. it, was, it was a great experience well, yeah. but um just as a basketball player sometimes you need that outlet and it's it's kind of hard to find when you're when you're stuck down there no i think trust me i mean anybody that it, it's like everyone understand you understand that there are far worse things than than that but it doesn't mean yeah. it's not challenging i mean it's it is like there, there are definite mental challenges do you uh, yeah let's the the finals so the lakers are up 3-1 they're they're likely going to win here i don't know if they're going to close it out we're taping this on a thursday afternoon they might close it out on friday night the first two games were blowouts, but the last two games have been really, really competitive, really good. I thought in, in game four, putting Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler was huge. You could tell that Jimmy was reluctant to attack him. Uh, you know, the, some of the jump stop, you know, fadeaways or trying to draw fouls. Just AD so damn long, it's hard. But tell you what, Doug, the, the Lakers role players, Rondo, KCP, Kuzma, Caruso, like, I know the the big we know about the the big two and AD and Braun, but like those role guys have been huge. I guess how what have you seen through four games here? Yeah, um, I agree with you there, Nick. I think we talked about this before the series when we were kind of making our prediction. You know, I just think the superstars, LeBron and AD, um, they're huge in finals. You know, just having those guys, there it's hard to it's hard to beat a team like that. And you got two, you know, all time greats like yeah. that on the same team. But like you said, I think. I think who's been the most impressive and who's won them games is KCP because, you know, he hits some huge corner threes, you know, and he's guarding Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, just keeping them out of the rhythm. You know, he's an unbelievable defender. And I I think I agree with your point as well with AD on Jimmy, just his length. um, I don't think people give enough credit when he switches on to people. He hardly ever gets beat. And if he does, he's blocking that every time if he's, he's behind him. So um, yeah, it's, it's, Kind of about how I predicted it to go, um, but I would not count Miami out. I think they could still make it a series because obviously having Bam back is huge. I think he's he runs the show there. He's he's their most important player. Obviously, Jimmy's unbelievable. I think yeah. Bam kind of makes them go because he's he's a point forward, point center. He can get everyone involved. He gets those guys shots, and uh, I, I think I think he's huge here. And obviously, Dragic is. Probably he was probably the one of the best players in the playoffs. So it's very unfortunate to see him go down and miss these games because I think it'd be a lot better series if he was out there. Um, but you, you got to give those Lakers role players credit. You know, Rondo's been playoff Rondo like he always is, and KCP stepped up, and um, those two superstars have done their thing. So it's it's been fun to watch. What about you know we talked about you were teammates with Jimmy Butler. You were also teammates with Rondo for a little bit, and I got to tell you, he's one of my 
I, I just love watching him play. Like I, I, I think it's uh, – I, I love dudes that can control a game and impact winning without even scoring. I mean, he kind of was – his first point, if I'm not mistaken, in game four was that layup at, towards the end of the mm-hmm. game. I mean, but he was super important. What was Rondo like as a, as a teammate? Because he's also one of those guys that is – he's kind of got a prickly personality to certain people. Uh, but I, I just – I love that dude. I love him too, man. He he's one of my underrated favorite teammates. You know, I I know I've played with probably about half the league, but he uh, he is uh, he's a great teammate. Um, probably the smartest guy I've ever played with. I mean, he would Fred would call playing the timeout or something, and Rondo would know something's coming that they're doing before it even happens, and he would make the adjustment on the floor, and it would always work. Like I'm like this guy is a genius. Like. He's one of those kids. Uh, he not. He's one of those guys that when you're in school as a kid, yep. Like, there's always that kid that's a little ahead of the curve, and the <laughs> right. teacher knows it. So she's like, the teacher will be teaching a lesson, and she knows this kid's smarter than everyone. <laughs> and he'll kind of raise his hand, and she kind of ignores him to let her teach the whole class. And that's kind of how Rondo yeah. was. Like in training camp, Boylan would be put in the defense, Fred would put in the offense, and Rondo's over there like advanced on like level ten, and Boylan's like. <laughs> Calm down, Rajan. We're like, we're on day one here. We got some rookies. Like we need to teach them defensive three, all this stuff. And uh he was he was great though. I, I'm really happy for him. One of the all time competitors. And it's it's fun seeing him, man. you know, have all the success in, in the bubble. Yeah, I just he's one of my faves, man. I you yeah. know, this this Lakers team, Doug, it's a weird team kind of. Like, I mean, they they have two traditional fives, like old school fives in JaVale and Dwight Howard. They're a super big team. LeBron's basically their point guard. Obviously, we know Anthony Davis is ridiculous, and, and Bron's still, in my opinion, the best player in the world. But for you, that's pl- you've played against the Lakers. What is what's unique about them? Like, what what is it? What what? I mean, they're likely going to win here. What what is it about their team outside of just the obvious that Bron is just you know an AD or ridiculous? Is there something else that's that's really unique about what makes them special? Yeah, you know the thing I really like about the Lakers is they're kind of they're not really following the trend of, you know, the rest of the league where it's a lot of shooting a bunch of threes, you know, turning down layups. I mean, they're yep. kind of doing it the old school way still. You know, they got AD and Dwight and Javala. They're playing big. It's not like they're jacking a ton of threes and they don't have a bunch of good shooters. They're just playing really well together. Um, they are really good defensively. They switch a lot. Um, and they're kind of doing it the traditional way. You know, LeBron's obviously LeBron. He's going to get pick and rolls and find AD and his shooters, but – it's not like the rest of the league's doing trying to get up as many threes, get up and down. And you got to give Dwight a ton of credit with the way he's handled this season. You know, I think people wrote him off. Mm-hmm. You know, he's coming back to LA where he used to get booed every time he touched the ball and when he was on a different team. And he's completely accepted his role. And, um, you know, him and Javel, guys that, uh, that were written off and now look at them, they're probably about to be you know, NBA champion. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I really enjoy watching them. They, they seem like they have a really close group Yeah, and uh, it's, it's been fun to watch. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast uh, to talk to you about my good friends at Runza. Everybody huddle up right now. Take an E, get, get in close. Cause I'm back with another confidential super secret menu item from Runza. Our friends at Runza are hooking me up with the download, the drive through deets on their off menu items and their giving me permission to share them with you. Today, this is uh, one that's near and dear to my heart because it's a twist on Runza's amazing crinkle fries, which are, of course, my favorite, best best fries on the planet. This one comes from the bottom of my heart. It's Runza's chili cheese fries. 
That's some legendary runs of crinkle fries topped with their homemade chili and cheddar cheeses. Let me say that again in case you passed out just from thinking about it. Legendary crinkle fries, homemade chili, shredded cheddar. Oh my gosh. It's a cheat day miracle. It's a side that eats like a meal and it's on the menu about as much as, I don't know, a four-year senior is on the roster for Coach K. That's because it's only on the super secret menu at Runza, which they're letting me share with you here on the Nick Bob Podcast. So stop in and order the chili cheese fries and tell them your pal, your buddy, Nick Bob sent you. And while we're here, I want to talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors. Even though we're still in the midst of, the, of a pandemic, Pella can safely make your window and door remodeling dreams come true. Pella is following CDC guidelines and taking safety extremely serious to give you the peace of mind that when you're inside the Pella showroom or a Pella worker is inside your home, everyone is safe. And they are even offering temporary special financing options. So safety, check, potential savings, check, so right now is the time. Sure, you've been cooped up in your house and you realize that your window needs some updating. You need a new door. Make it happen. Add value to your home. Make your home energy more energy efficient and turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out on the web, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Back to the podcast. You know, Anthony Davis, I... Was he always like, I know he was good and you, you go and look at his playoff numbers when he would sneak into the playoffs with the Pelicans and they were always pretty good. Mm-hmm. But like, was he always at this level? He just needed a better situation to really show it. Like, how do you see AD? Because we talk about how Jimmy's vaulted to a new place. Anthony Davis has vaulted to a new place in these playoffs. I mean, I he may it used to be Braun and it's Braun still does about two to three for four times plays a game that make me just go, Oh my God. But Anthony Davis now makes about three or four plays a game that I'm just going, Oh shit. Did you say like, it is, it's nuts. What did, did you always think AD was like at this level or what, what, how do you see AD? I kind of see him the same, you know, because in New Orleans, you kind of just, you don't forget about him, but you don't see him on this stage. And I think LeBron has just brought out the best of him. He's obviously an unbelievable player before he got to LA and I remember seeing that, you know, at some USA stuff, like if I were to, I mean, if I were to start a team right now, it'd be hard to tell me I wouldn't take AD in the, at least the top two or three. I mean, I think you got to throw AD and Luca and uh, Giannis. I think yep. those would probably be my three if I were to start a team. Um, but he's been unbelievable. And I don't think, you know, he's still younger, you know, he's still like 27 or 26 years old. So um, it, it, he's been unbelievable. Um, I, I mean, I think, like I said, I think LeBron has just brought out even more of a monster in, in AD, and I think uh, he's he's going to be one of the best to ever play. Let's talk about LeBron for a second here. I mean, because it's funny, we're talking about, we're just so numb to it, you know, like he's going to be the finals MVP, the dude's putting up, you know, 28, 12, and 8, or whatever it is, and it's like, we're just, we're, we expect it, you know, so we don't go nuts over it. I still put, I'm not sure if you watched The Last Dance, and you and I are close in age, but we're a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit older than you. I still Mm -hmm. put Jordan as the greatest player of all time, but I'm starting to think that LeBron is going to end up with the the better overall career. So like, that's how, and I know I'm maybe like semantics here to to wiggle my way out of it. Like I put Jordan as the best player of all time, but I think LeBron, when it's all said and done, is going to have the best career. How do you, as someone like, 
that's a little bit younger than me. How do you see that conversation, see LeBron? Yeah, you know, like you said, I think the last dance and that, you know, that was more your era. I mean, your mid-30s, high-30s. And, you know, I I didn't really – I don't remember watching MJ like that. Like, I do, but I don't. I was young. Um, And now watching LeBron, you know, I think he's taken so much scrutiny, like leaving Cleveland first. Um, But you got to give the guy so much credit. It really kind of struck home with me. um, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. I was watching the herd. I really like Colin Coward and he put a great point up. You know, we've had all this scrutiny against LeBron his whole career, but the guy's losing in the finals. Like, it's not like he's losing in the first round. Like when he, when we criticize him, it's because he's lost in the finals. You know, he's, he's an unbelievable playoff player. He's in the finals pretty much every single year. Um, I think overall his longevity and what he's been able to do in his career um, however long it's been, um, and he still looks like he's freaking 25 out <laughs> yeah. there. Um, I, I just think his overall longevity is going to make him put him as one. Of, I mean, I don't like comparing the two, yeah. but I mean, they're they're one A, one B. I think it's it's. I mean, he's he's been unbelievable, and the league's going to really miss him when he's gone. I, I it's what's it, what's it like being on the floor with him? Like what what is? Do you just do you, is it the I've always just wondered, like, when he's on a full court, you know, when he's got a head of steam and transition, I mean, it's just like, it's probably the most unstoppable thing in the history of the league. Like, honestly, like, when I write down, like, you know, you got, like, Jordan's fadeaway, Kareem Sky hook, uh, and then, like, LeBron with a head of steam and transition, it's like, it's in the top three or four most unstoppable things in basketball. Like, what yeah. what, what does it feel like when Bron's on the floor? Yeah, I mean, it's just... You know, you just got to pray at that point. Yeah. You know, I think I think one time my rookie year, like I tried to wrap him up in transition, thinking that would help, like maybe stop him from getting the layup. He just bullied right through me, dunked it and won, started talking to the bench. I'm too little, you know, flexes on me. I'm like, OK, this guy's he's on a different planet. And, you know, we we play them down at the bubble. and It's still just kind of you kind of pinch yourself i'm like this guy this is lebron guarding me he always guards me because he likes guarding shooters he likes being off the ball and kind of seeing the whole floor so right. it's 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 pretty cool just sharing the floor with him he's actually a really good guy Seems um, like it. i i got a chance to talk to his like body guy his strength yeah. coach in the bubble and trying to learn stuff and i'm like i just I was like, you can tell me as much as you want. If if I could look like just a third of that dude, like tell me what he does at all times, what time he goes to bed, what time he does this. I was like a sponge, you know, trying to soak up everything. But uh, he's he's unbelievable, um, and he I, I hope he I hope he can get another another ring here. Well, I mean, because the thing is, like you said, it doesn't look like he's slowing down. I mean, I know like it's the same thing with Brady at times. Like it seems like for like five six years we've we've said it's over for Brady and LeBron, and it's like it's not everybody it's true like these guys are just like they still look great especially LeBron like I don't I mean I don't why would they not be the favorite to win it next year like I'm sitting there and I'm like I don't I don't see how he's he's showing no signs of of becoming ineffective I I just don't think it's slowing down I don't either I agree I mean he's I don't even know how old is he. Is he 37, 38, yeah, 39? Yeah, he's, thir- I, I he's 30. He so me and him are – we both are. We both graduated the same year of high school, 2003. I'm 36. I think he's 36 years old. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think he's got at least another three, four years of playing Jeez, at this level. I mean, dude. you just 
every year is just a new year and it's like, oh, he still looks the same. Uh, maybe the next same. year he'll slow down. Nope, still the same. Oh, maybe next year. Nope. <laughs> like it, it's it's crazy to me, man. It's yep. it's obviously he works unbelievable, puts in a lot of money into his body. Yep. And that and that's what Tom Brady does too. And yep. starts to make you think maybe that maybe that actually works. Eating healthy and <laughs> right? getting good sleep and you know, like maybe I should try that. Maybe you should try that. Don't do wine pods yeah. with me. You should start like right. getting in a hyperbaric chamber and drink like coconut water instead. We'll do a exactly. coconut water pod. Maybe that's what we need to do. <laughs> we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do a coconut water uh ice bath um infrared sauna podcast one there we go days. that's that'll be more that'll yeah when we're in se- when you're in season that's what we'll do that's what we'll do for absolutely you. let's talk about your season uh with with indiana is it if i'm not mistaken it was career high career high in points per game you shot it well from three 43 percent seemed like you were a really big focal point for that second unit with 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 your boy tj mcconnell how'd you feel like this year went i mean i loved i i, I always felt like you this, it felt like this year as much as any like i felt like you finally kind of settled into what to your role, because like you joked earlier about you played with half the league, it's kind of been hard for you when you've, it's kind of been, uh, you've been changing cities and changing jerseys a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough, you know, when you're switching unis and, you know, new system, new teammates, just trying to figure everything out off the floor. Um, but this last year is the most comfortable I've been in the NBA by far, you know, just cause I'm, I've been in Indiana. I know, I knew the coach, I knew the system. Um, had some really unselfish guys with me in the second unit, and I just felt really comfortable out there. I felt felt like I was being aggressive. Um, just felt really confident with my shot. Everything felt great this year, and I, it didn't end the way I wanted to. I didn't play great down there, but I think it's a blessing in disguise for me because it's going to make me even more motivated this off season to get better and um, to bring a different mentality out on the floor last year. But Obviously, uh, you know, averaging double figures off the bench in the NBA is it's really tough to do. Yeah. And I did that. And, um, you know, here I am going on year seven. Um, it's it goes by incredibly fast and it's it's been an unbelievable journey. But, you know, I, I think the best is yet to come for me. I think uh, I think I'm just going to keep getting better with age. And I'm learning a lot from some some vets, especially Kyle and AT and those guys. And they're really, they've really helped me along the way. So just want to keep going, man, playing basketball for a living. Um, it's, it's been a blessing and obviously just want to keep getting better and hopefully be on, on this stage that we talked about earlier, hopefully be in the finals one of these days. And, um, you know, that's, that's the goal. Is that what, you know, I mean, shoot, here we are in October, the season's not going to start for months. And, you know, you were, you were working out hard this morning and like, what, what drives and motivates you now at this stage in your career? Like, is it is it all about winning? Is it all about being as good as you can be at your role? Are you trying to expand your role? Maybe it's all the above. Like, what is it? Yeah. That, what's the number one thing that 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 is driving you when you get in the gym now? It's just it's just having that chip on my shoulder, like it always has been. You know, obviously things could have gone differently these last six years. You know some of it's on me, some of it's on situation. And now I'm just in a really good place mentally where I'm just trying to get better every single day and let everything take care of itself. You know, I want to get better. Obviously I want to be a star in my role. Once you reach the fifth or sixth year in the NBA, you kind of know where you fit in. Mm -hmm. Like you're probably not going to be a superstar, um, but you can be one of the best players off the bench. You can be one of the best shooters in the league every year. And that's going to keep you in for a long time and you're going to have a chance at winning titles. And I, I think after watching this finals and the, the last few years, I'm, I'm always just like, dang, like 
I really don't want to be on a golf course right now. Like right. all my friends were watching the finals together and I'm after answering questions about <laughs> what this guy's like was I'm like, God, I just wish I was playing. So I didn't have to do it. Like talk about this. And you know, that's, that's kind of been my motivation. I, I want to be out there on the biggest stage. And if I keep working hard and you know, God forbid it don't get hurt. I, I think, I think I can be someday. So that's, that's kind of my mindset right now. And, just trying to get better every day. Hey, tell me about, um, I'm, I don't want to butcher his last name, your basketball trainer, is it Alex Basil? Yep, Alex uh, Bazell. I Bazell. still don't really know how to pronounce it, to be honest. <laughs> but what, how has he helped you? I saw, I, I don't know, I followed him on Instagram because he tweeted out something about, uh, you know, working you out and all those things. I don't know how often you you work out with him, but like, tell me about him because I think it's interesting how much a lot of the, a lot of guys in the league, they'll have their own kind of like personal basketball trainer. Yeah, you know, Alex has been really, from day one with me, um, you know, he was really good friends with Kirk Corver, rest in peace, um, at UMKC. And that's kind of how we got to know each other through Kirk. And, um, I just started working with him and he's, he's blown up. He got really close with Kobe, um, and was working at the Mamba sports Academy and has really developed good relationships. With a lot of like, young players like Trey young, and he's works with Kyrie. So he might be a little too big time for me now. No, he's he still, he's still, I'm still his priority when I want it, but I, I go out and see him probably like a month out of the summer and just really lock in on stuff. And what I really like about him is he's really good with film study. Okay. And he, after every year, he kind of breaks down areas where I struggled. We look at all of my made shots, all of my missed shots and why they miss or why I made them. And a lot of it has to do with my footwork and my balance on my jumper. And then then it's just something you can watch going into a training session with him, really be um, focused on, you know, where you were screwing up. And I, I just think he's been really good for just my confidence with my shot um, because now I kind of know exactly how it should feel every time. And um, he's, he's really helped me master just the balance and, um, and coming off pin downs. And we, we've done a ton of film work, probably more work watching film than we have on the floor, which I think's really helped. Yeah, I, I, it's 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 cool. Like I, I, that's the kind of stuff that makes a difference. I I I want to. I have like a, I have like a handful of rapid fire ones, and we'll get you out of here. So uh, yep. you you can take your time answering a handful of these. But I wanted to have some fun with some of the stuff. Um, yeah. So um, obviously, your former coach is now the 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 head coach of the Huskers in Fred Hoiberg. So I know you don't mm-hmm. want to talk him up because you know you're obviously you're blue state over red state, of course. Yeah. But what? Give people. I mean, it's interesting. You've uh, you've obviously played for Fred, and uh, and and you you guys are family friends too. What what's mm-hmm. for what what do you like most about playing for? What do you like most about playing for Fred? Just the freedom he gives you. I mean, he uh, obviously played at the highest level, and you know he's a player's coach. He's going to let you play. Um, he's not going to get on you too much. Um, he will when it's necessary, but he's going to let you play through mistakes and. I think that's something that really helped me coming off my tough rookie year in Chicago, having Fred come in and just kind of let me play. And uh, I, I just think if you're a shooter playing for Fred, it's it's a dream because he uh, he's got some unbelievable ATOs Ooh. and uh, he's he, he's he's a brilliant offensive mind. And um, there's not a better guy in the world than Fred. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a really he's a super super good guy. Biggest yep. biggest trash talker in the NBA. Give it to me. Give me Ooh. some. Who, who's just Ooh, who's out there just running their mouth? Talker. Um, it used to be like, for me, it used to be Tony Allen, um, <laughs> yeah. but he's not in the NBA, so it doesn't count. Um, let's see here. You know what? You know who's sneaky was, uh, Gary Trent Jr. Okay. Um, young guy for the Blazers, yep. but 
obviously just a competitor. Like he's uh he's an unbelievable player. And, you know, I don't think a lot of guys talk trash that much in the NBA. It's kind of weird. Like I thought there'd be way more of it, but right. starting to learn like guys move around teams a lot. So I think they're a little conscious of like who they talk to because <laughs> be you never team. know, like <laughs> tomorrow you could be on their team. So that's why I try to keep my mouth shut. There you go. Um, out of curiosity, and maybe you don't know, and maybe I, maybe I'm misreading it. Why do you think it seems like there's been more zone in the bubble than I've ever remembered in the NBA? What do you can you make heads or tails of that? Like, what makes sense of that for me? I just feel like all of a sudden we're maybe basketball and offenses are becoming just so hard to guard that you got to kind of muck it up. But I feel like I've seen more zone. Yeah, that's that's. I think I completely agree with you on that. I think it's there's a lot of guys um, that are coaching now that aren't afraid to think outside the box and change it up like Nick nurse and Brad and um, Eric Spolstra, you know, they're just creative young minds. And I remember doing it briefly in Dallas with Carlisle and, you know, it's a lot of times out of ATOs just to screw with the rhythm. And because all these head coaches got unbelievable ATOs these days. So if you can sit in the zone and take that away, why not? You know? So I think that's part of it. Part of it could be just the the time off, um, not being able to get your defensive system back. I mean, who knows? I mean, I think there's – we played zone, and, I mean, we had a pretty old-school staff last year, and mm-hmm. I would have never thought we'd play zone, but we played a bunch of zone in the bubble. So I think it's just kind of the trend, the, the game. Yeah. That's the way the game's trending. I just thought it was interesting. I just feel like I've not seen very much zone. I've always kind of – part of me has always wondered why no one's ever tried it, and maybe maybe this is right. kind of the beginning of, of seeing more of it. Um. Yeah. So you mentioned sure. what you've been in the league for seven years. Best team you've played against since entering the league? Um, best team I've played against um, KD, oh, Clay, man. Steph, I, Warriors. I mean, I would say yeah, I would say the Warriors, man. I mean, that's a game where you're going to that game and you're like, <laughs> oh shit! Like we stayed in downtown San Francisco and you have to drive an hour over to Oakland Ugh. and you're just thinking about it. You're like, oh god! Like even. Even coming off the bench, you got Iguodala and Livingston. Oh, boy. You know, those guys are just so long and athletic. And um, Oracle was insane. Um, right. that, that's that's got to be it. But a sleeper one um, was Kyle's Hawks, Kyle okay. Corver's Hawks yep. teams. I mean, I know they're not the greatest team. Right. But the way they played together, like unbelievable, un- impossible to guard just with the way they moved the ball and how connected they were defensively. So I, w- I would say that's another – Kind of a sleeper team. Who's the uh, – and uh, I'm going to make you not choose one of the, the Creighton boys, Kyle or Anthony, but who's the shooter in the NBA you enjoy watching the most? Who's the guy who's just – his stroke is just like – you're like, oh, man, is that pretty? Clay. Yeah. Yeah, Clay. Clay for sure. I really like J.J. Redick. Mm-hmm. Um, just – I really like how aggressive J.J. is, and I've, I've watched a ton of, ton of his stuff and actually got to know him pretty well um, down in the bubble. Had a ton of wine with him. So go. I would say him and him and Clay enjoy obviously Kyle's um, up there for sure, but we can't we can't keep the Creighton guys, you know. It's no uh, no doubt. I would say those two. I've had a we got two Creighton questions uh, that I've always mm-hmm. gotten thrown at me. Who do you think would win your senior year? So you know, Roggy Gibbs, Jahan's, you chat all those boys versus last year's Creighton team. And the people choose last year because, I mean, they won the Big East. They were going to be maybe a two seed. It would have been interesting. I think they had no answer for you, but, like, I don't know, man. Those guards, oh, my God. I love I love uh, Grant yeah. and Jahans and yeah, Chad, I, but, like, those I, guards. I might even have to, yeah, I might, even just, I, I might have to <laughs> say those guys. I mean, it's just times are changing, man. They got more of a Big East 
team, you know, that fits that style. Obviously we were all Missouri Valley guys recruited and took off from there, but just we would have had some matchup problems with last year's team with Denzel and Marcus. And obviously they're just, they were unbelievable. I mean, they, they would have been impossible for us to guard. And, you know, I think, uh, even DJ's athleticism, I feel like he probably would have guarded me and they would have switched everything and kind of mucked it up against us. So obviously from a pride thing, I would still say we would beat them, sure. but we would have had a really, really tough time against that group. That dude that was, was legit, man. Uh, I'm sure you've asked this, you've been asked this question a million times. And I've never heard when people go, okay, three-point shootout, Doug McDermott, Kyle Korver, Ethan Rogge, who wins? I could even throw Mitch in there. I think Mitch yeah. is like in that level too. Uh, I was about to say Mitch as well. I mean, that guy is unbelievable shooter. Um, but I, I mean, it'd be so close. We're all like different kind of yeah. shooters. I think Ethan, if we're just doing spot ups where you don't have to move at all, I mean, Ethan's, he's not going to miss a shot. Um, but if you come off pin downs, Ethan's going 0 for 10. <laughs> Me and Kyle, me and Kyle are probably going eight or nine for ten, and it's the same. So it just kind of depends on what we're shooting. Um, if it's spot ups, I'm probably taking Ethan. Um, if it's other all around, I think <laughs> me, Kyle, and Mitch would have a, a pretty good uh, um, shot at it. But I mean, Ethan, I mean, I've never seen anyone like him. What would I don't even know? I'm trying to in my mind picture what like a like a pin down handoff jumper from Ethan. Would that even look? <laughs> yeah, like? like try like. Try putting Ethan in my jersey for the Pacers, you know, coming off handoffs from Sabonis, like quick stuff, Safe, like, I mean, he would be an unbelievable shooter just in the corner, but like just coming off pin downs and stuff, I just don't think his knees allow him to. I don't think he can move like uh, that. It's just funny to think about because, I mean, you see him walk in the gym, you're like, who is this guy? And And then then the next thing you know, he has seven threes in your face. Some of those open gym games back in the day at Creighton, like the games would end in like, two minutes because Ethan would hit fourth straight threes because no one like he can pull up from anywhere. So that was, those were the days, man. I don't know if I've told you this story. I'm sure you have, you've heard this story though, that, that when Ethan came on his visit, coach Altman was still the coach and mm-hmm. coach Altman, D rock had seen him, but coach, I don't think coach Altman had really watched him play. And so Ethan comes on his visit and you remember the coaches aren't allowed to watch pickup, right? Yep. And but I'm a G I'm a grad assistant and and coach calls me in his office like Ba I want you and I can say there's got to be like a statute of limitations here he's like <laughs> yeah. or, or ten years removed he's like Ba I want you to sneak up in that old gym bud see what old Roggy looks like and I'm, so I I'd sneak up there you know I go up the spiral staircase I'm like creeping in there open the door and you know how it is like I watched him shoot one shot just mm-hmm. one. And that thing like exploded the net and the way you, I mean, you're not it. Like, it's just, it's beautiful. Like every, it's beautiful. It's, it's a gorgeous shot. And I literally, I shut the door. I walk right back down. And I said, coach, he's perfect. Like he's the perfect four for what you want to do. It's like the prettiest jump I've ever seen in my life. But I just think it's funny that he came on the visit. Coach Altman had never seen him really play. And yeah. he asked me to go spy on him, and it all took his one jumper. And I was like, "So I always take a so you got to take, like, take all the credit." For I mean, Ethan, come on, like I, that's why I gave him my take number. All the too. credit, yeah. Like I, I let him, I let him wear the thirty-four. You know, like I, oh, that's right. Yeah. There is no Ethan Rocky without me. It's you just gotta much. hope when you're playing open gym against Ethan that he's on the shirts team because once he takes that shirt off, all that chest hair. <laughs> 
Dis- you're like, disgusting. okay, I'm not even going to guard you closely. Disgusting. You can shoot as many as you want. Uh, I don't want any of that chest hair on me right now. Disgusting. Top five most disgusting <laughs> chest hair dudes in the, in the world, Ethan Ryan. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Doug, it's been about almost 40. I thought we'd talk on, on your podcast. <laughs> Um, for Ethan Roggie's chest hair to be one of them is uh, that's, that's hilarious. We started with what could have been the 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 Nick Bod Doug McDermott summer league combo and ended with Roggie's chest hair. So I mean I think we've we've hit it all, my man. We've, we've hit it all. We sure have. <laughs> Doug, you the man. Uh, let's get together uh, when when you get back into town and uh, keep. I still love watching you play. Keep grinding. Keep working. Thanks for coming on the pod. No problem. Get your Pella windows, people. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. <laughs> All right, Nick. All right, my thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. A Huda Media Production.